Hi everyone, good to be back here. Really enjoyed uh, preaching last week and just grappling or giving the introduction around um, God's spaces and uh, quite eager to get into it again this week. You know, my all-time favorite song at our church that, that our church has sung in the past, um, and I say it's my all-time favorite because it manages, I think, more than most other songs to, to draw the most willing and powerful response from my soul. Um, and it's that song, Hosanna. Not sure if you, if you remember it. We used to sing it quite a few, to, a few years ago, and I guess a little bit like me, it's, it's getting a little long in the tooth, and so we haven't sung it too often lately. But, but this one still, often, whenever I hear it, you know, it moves me without fail. Um, the early movements of the song paint a vision of God impacting the earth, uh, the, you know, the majesty, the, the greatness, the, the awesomeness of our God shaking the earth. And then love and mercy washes over the sins of the earth. And those are all fantastic themes and it speaks of a generation of selfless faith. And I love that picture. I've yet to witness that generation. Because it seems selfishness creeps into every generation. But, but it speaks of a, of, a, of a generation with selfless faith. And, and I, long, I long to witness that generation arriving. But then it builds to that incredible bridge. And it's at this point that I, you know, I really absolutely climb into that song. It says, Heal my heart. And make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart with what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As I walk from earth into eternity. Your such powerful words to sing. You know, that walk of ours, picking up on that last line, that walk of ours as we move from earth into eternity, it, it has to look different to the average person in the world out there, doesn't it? It has to be different to the average person in the world out there. There has to be a different set of priorities, for instance, to our life that we invest in you know, over and over and over again, a set of passions or standards that make us look different, that make us act different. Why? Because of the fundamental truth that for us, God is in the picture. And that makes all the difference. It's a fact that seeps into our quiet moments when nobody's around and we find that solitude is not the same as loneliness. It influences and, and sometimes even changes the mega decisions of our lives, who we're going to choose to marry, you know, what career we're going to follow, what standard of living we're willing to settle for. It drives us, that fact that God is in the picture, drives us sometimes to uncomfortable truths. If it doesn't, then I don't know if you're worshipping the true God, God. But things that we may never feel okay with, but God, being God, His ways, we understand, will often differ to our ways, and that's okay. More than that, it's absolutely necessary. 
purity, holiness, godliness become realities that we as followers of this incredible God, the realities that we long for in our being, and, and we're not offended by those things. <clears throat> we're not ashamed of them as if they're some strange cousin that we'd rather not be seen with. Yeah? Because these are the things that, that are intimately connected to our experience of God as we experience God. We find holiness and purity to be something that is appealing and awesome. Attitudes, schedules, habits, carelessness, everything, everything in our life touched by the reality of a knowing and living God. We see deeper into people because God is in our lives. Knowing that every person we encounter is deeply and magnificently loved by someone that gives them, and that, that knowledge gives them dignity and acceptance in our responses to them, despite appearances, despite their habits, despite their standards of living or their class. Yeah? And we look for hope beyond the power structures that this world creates, governments and dictatorships and all these things because God is in our lives. And so when we sing those lines, heal my heart and make it clean, open up my eyes to the things unseen, show me how to love like you have loved me, break my heart with what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause as I walk from earth into eternity. Folk, those things, they mean something to us. They're an echo of some of the deepest truths that our heart and our soul are defined by. Because they are truths that our soul loves to celebrate. Because they are truths that our soul was created to celebrate. And that is what makes God's spaces in our lives so critical. I'm preaching this sermon, just by the way, with the assumption that you've had a glance at last week's sermon. It's still available, obviously, on the net. And so some of the language, like God's spaces, is explained last week. And if you need to go have a look at that before you watch the rest of the sermon. But our soul was created to be alive most when we invest in things unseen. I'm sure many of us in instinctively know this to be true. You know, when we've spent a day pouring our lives into a materialistic world, you know, full of rewards that are utterly of this world, time and again we'll come out of those moments feeling empty and, and probably a little bit more exhausted than ever before. But God's spaces, God's spaces provides our soul with breathing room. I want you to just watch this, this 50 second video um, of a, a really crazy guy. I think this guy's probably trying to prove his manhood, as us weird gents often try to do. Um, and what he did was he decided to climb under a shelf of ice and swim from one air hole to another. But in the mix of trying to do this, he misses the second one. Just watch how this goes down. You got this.
frightening moments, wasn't it? I mean, just the anxiety that builds as this guy's trying to find that air hole at the, at the end there. And, and, and he misses it on the second time as well. And then he comes back to it and then he stands up and he just breathes. As if, the, as if that's the greatest gift in life. Kango Caves, a couple of decades ago, about 15 years ago, going through a section called the Post Box. I've actually mentioned this in a sermon before. First experience, my first experience of claustrophobia, where you actually have to manipulate your body through this narrow hole in the rock. And it's about, I think, 15 or 20 meters. And halfway through, there was this incredible sense of the tons and tons of rock push, pushing in on me. And I, and I couldn't take a deep breath because it was just too narrow. Your, your lung capacity is actually limited. limited. There's dust all around you. And, and, and so it was just a sense of saying, Richard, just chill. You know, just relax. You've got to get through this. And, and the relief at the end of the tunnel... <clears throat> was incredible. I could breathe again and I, and I let myself out at the end and I just stood there and breathed and breathed as if it was the most incredible experience in life. No mistake, in this world, folk, our soul needs to be given that same experience where it can breathe freely and deeply. It can suck in the life-giving elements that God has on offer for us. <clears throat> at the heart of spiritual disciplines, at the heart of these God spaces that we're talking about, is a desire to bring our soul to a place, to an ac activity, to an attitude, to a sacrifice that breathes in the life-giving things of God into our soul, a space in which we can, at the end of the day, encounter the living God. That's what God's spaces is all about. These spaces allow us to place ourselves before God so that He can come in and transform us and lead us and speak to us and mold us and just be God to us, be our Heavenly Father to us. That's the heart of God's spaces. So what do these spaces look like? Here's the starting list that we introduced to you last week. If you remember, that was the list that we put up on the screen last week. And uh, we're going to take a few moments just to go through that list again. I want to ask you firstly, as we, gaze, as we keep that list up on the screen, I want to ask you firstly, how many of those disciplines would you say that you're familiar with? We touched on this thought last week, but my guess is prayer and worship are two of the disciplines or the God spaces that many of us regularly experience or regularly visit. <clears throat> Some of us may add then study to the list because we spend you know, 15, 20 minutes a day reading the Bible. But look again at the, li the list. And if we had to say, take those three off, what's the next most frequently visited God space in your life? Maybe some would say it's service. All right, A bunch of people in our church dedicate time to meet with God through their serving of other people. And, and certainly, if I listen to God's God moments as they describe by many people in, in their lives, that's one of the places that they go to most regularly. But doesn't the rest of that list intrigue you? After we get past those first four, 
Isn't it strange that the rest of that list <clears throat> has managed to exist in the blind spot of many, many lives of followers of God? I wonder sometimes what would happen in our church or in the lives of those that, that used to sit around us on any given Sunday. I wonder what would happen if we started to visit those other spaces more often and became as familiar with them as we were with, say, things like prayer or worship. I mean, understand that Jesus and those powerful guys in the early church years, they visited many of these spaces over and over again. And so as we approach that list again, and that's our task for today, just to grapple with that list a little bit more. As we approach that list again, it might be helpful for you to picture your room at home first. You know, a space that you're utter, utterly familiar with. You know where everything lies. You know how soft that bed is. You know which pillow is yours. <clears throat> okay, That space that you're so familiar with. And then I want you to picture walking into some Lani hotel room that you've seen for the first time. You've managed to get away for the weekend. You walk into, I don't know, I was at uh, Underberg a couple of days ago at um, Castleburn. And you walk into the room and you look at the room that you're going to stay in for that week. And to be frank, you're a little impressed with this place. And so you wander around the room a bit, just familiarizing yourself with where things are, what buttons you can touch, you know, what the view looks like outside your bedroom window, how big the shower head is. That's also a pretty critical one for me. Um, I want to ask you, as we approach this list of spiritual disciplines of God's spaces, I want to ask you and invite you to try to take that second approach to these God spaces, to, to this introduction of these spaces. Approach them with interest, like you're stepping into a Lani hotel room. Approach them with interest. Yeah? Try to see what's actually there in each of these spiritual disciplines. See what's actually there that you can enjoy and sink your teeth in. All right, so let's get going through this list. I'm going to mention very briefly something about each of those God spaces. The first one is simply meditation. Um, the heart of meditation is that this is the God space that helps us to listen well and to hear God correctly. Meditation is all about listening well and hearing God correctly. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 15 says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself to them entirely that your progress may be evident to all. Meditate on these things. Going beyond simply listening to what somebody, to what God is saying, and actually hearing the heart, the depth of what he's saying. That's what meditation will bring to us. Then there's prayer. The God space of prayer, one we're very familiar with. And we always need to be reminded that prayer is more than just a shopping list of desires and needs, you know, with occasional confession thrown into the mix or praise sprinkled into it. At its heart, prayer is relational and intimate. It's a conversation with the living God. And we, we time and again need to go back to that truth to celebrate it. John chapter 17 is an epic picture of Jesus speaking to his Father. It's called the high priestly prayer, but Jesus just pours out his heart to his father and has an incredible conversation with him. 
if you want to go look at that passage, it might be helpful. Then we get to fasting. I'm not going to say much about this one because John's actually going to preach about it next week. But fasting has so little, but so little credibility in the church nowadays. Yeah? At least that's what I think. It's, it's treated with suspicion and, and, to be honest, a little bit of scorn. But fasting at its heart is that it's a practice of enthroning God above our appetites. Putting our, our appetites below who God is. Our appetite for food or screen time or whatever it is. It's taking those things out so that we can elevate God as the number one priority in our lives. Luke chapter 4 verse 2 will show, that, will show you that very clearly. Uh, it was a very, very real practice of Jesus' ministry. Um, so why do we scoff at it? I'm going to leave John to answer that next week. But, but to leave it as an inconvenience in our life when Jesus saw it as central to his life and ministry, I don't think we got the freedom to just laugh it off as we often do. So that's fasting. Then we go to study. There's a big difference, the, the God space, the spiritual discipline of study. There's a big difference between the study of Scripture and a devotional encounter with Scripture. Let me say that again. There's a big difference between the study of Scripture and a devotional encounter with Scripture. In the study of Scripture, a high priority is placed upon interpretation, what the Bible is actually saying. In devotional reading of Scripture, a high priority is placed upon application, what it means for me. Folks, sometimes we need to settle in this zone. Where our approach to Scripture is simply to understand Scripture, regardless if it means anything to me right now in my life space at the moment. 2 Timothy chapter, I'm sure it's 3 verse 15. I've got 2 verse 15 here, but 2 Timothy chapter, I think 3 verse 15 says, Study and do your best to present yourself to God approved. A workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Study and do yourself to present yourself, do your best to present yourself to God approved. Simplicity is next. The heart of simplicity is, and at the heart of simplicity is the recognition that. Because we lack often a divine center, because God isn't at the center of our lives, our need for security has led us to almost insane attachment to many, many things. We attach ourselves to people or goals or comforts or, or toys, you know, or securities or policies, etc., etc., because the scent of who God is is not sufficient for us. Luke chapter 9 verse 58 describes it says, Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That's the central existence of Jesus, a place of incredible simplicity. So the absolute flexibility to follow the will of God. Truly something that people in our society really need to revisit and redefine the God space of simplicity. And then solitude. I'm sure many of you love this one. 
Solitude is Teresa of Avila said, Settle yourself in solitude and you will come upon him in yourself. Settle yourself in solitude and you will discover Christ in yourself. <clears throat> Jesus used to do this. Luke chapter 5 verse 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The place that he went to, the space that he went to, was defined by solitude so that he could commune with God. There's another God space that has been quite surprising for me, and of all of these, this is the one I've been trying to push into the most over the last, I don't know, two or three months. <clears throat> it's the God space of submission. Submission. Quite a surprising one, isn't it? But this discipline offers us the freedom to lay down the terrible burden of always needing to get our own way. Submission offers us the freedom to lay down the terrible burden of always needing to get our own way, to get our, our own word in, to get our own opinion across, to, to manipulate the situation always so that I benefit from it. Submission works against that. John chapter 5 verse 19 describes how this was, the, again, at, at the heart of Jesus' ministry. Luke, John 5 verse 19 says, The Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do, can do only what he sees the Father doing. A massive part of Jesus as a soul was this incredible ability to submit to his Father's will. Even to the extent that he landed up on the cross. How rich a vein does submission have in your life. And then there's service. Uh, service enables us to say no to the world's game of promotion and authority. You know, it lands us on our knees washing people's feet or serving people in maybe unrecognizable ways. Uh, John 20 verse 28, the Son of Man did not come to serve, but did not come to be served, but to serve. Again, this is how Jesus functioned. It was a God space that he functioned in. As we step into that example, we'll experience the, the heart of Christ. Are you serving? Is that a space that you're familiar with? Worship, one that we love here in this church. Um, you know, we can use all the right techniques and methods. We can have the best possible liturgy or prayers up front. We can have the best-looking worship leaders, you know. But we have not worshipped the Lord until we sense our spirit finding the Spirit of God and celebrating that connection. That is what worship is. John 4, 23, True worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. There's a depth of connection there that makes worship what it is. Celebration is the next God space. Um, enjoying the epic things that God brings to us in this life. There's so much we can celebrate. Um, and sometimes we get caught up in, in a cynical approach or a, a negative approach or a, a woe is me kind of approach to life. But celebration is a God space that opens our eyes to the incredible things God has done for us. Luke 15, 24. I don't know if you remember that, that story of that lady that that lost her son, for my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. She saw God's hand and she began to celebrate. 
And that's a gift that we need to learn. Slowing down. Last one we're going to um, officially look at in this list. Slowing down. You know, many of us are simply too busy to live an emotionally healthy and a, and a spiritually rich life. We're just too busy for it. And the spiritual discipline of slowing down is just that. <clears throat> Deliberately and intentionally slowing life down. To be able to walk with Jesus at His pace. Present to the moment, full of love and joy and peace. And sometimes that can only be found when we intentionally are slowing down. Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 says, Come to me. All you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. So those are the 12 spiritual disciplines, God's spaces that we put up on the screen last week. fact is, it's not a complete list. I said that last week. I'll say it again. It's not a complete list. Um, there's, there's a whole bunch of others, things like confession, speaking to each other about our difficulties and our joys. Um, John chapter five, James chapter 5, verse 16 says, confess your sins to each other. That's a God space we could climb into. There's guidance, John chapter 10, verse 27, my, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow him. A sense of longing to be guided by God. There's the whole idea of grappling with God. You know, I think that is a God space. That one, one guy said to Jesus, I do believe in, in Mark 9 verse 24. He says, I do believe, help my unbelief. And he entered the God space of grappling with his doubts and his insecurities in his faith. You know, tithing is a God space. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. And, and that's a God space in terms of our finances. Look, God's spaces, the list of God's spaces, is bottomless. Any space that we can meet with God can become a God space. Can be in nature, can be in suffering, the list is endless. But I also want you to notice that God's spaces don't always require time. And that's a crucial thing. In this, as I've said, in this busy world of ours, creating space for God may simply be about being open to adjusting your attitude. Yeah, so things like um, submission, things like service, it's not necessarily about giving more time. It's about arriving at moments with a different kind of attitude. There may be also, to notice in terms of that list, there may be a discipline that your season in life requires. You know, fasting. Fasting is most appropriate when we feel that we're freely feasting too much. You know, we've just got too much coming to us, too much... You know, too much to celebrate and feast on. And at times we need to back off and just simply step into a space of fasting so that we know how to deny ourselves again. Same thing with submission. When we find ourselves too argumentative, too opinionated, too much of a high opinion of ourselves, to enter into a space of submission again is well worth it. One of the best descriptions of these practices that I came across in my reading says this. It says... Discovering God's spaces then is actually about us developing soul reflexes. And I think that's such a classic little phrase there, soul reflexes, so that we know how to live. 
we discipline ourselves to develop soul memory in normal times so that we'll be equipped for the times of high demand or deep crisis. I mean, Douglas Rumford said that. Folk, there are some pitfalls when it comes to God's spaces and spiritual disciplines. Some people might think that this is the new list of the Ten Commandments, and unless I do these things, I'm sinning. That's not the case. This is not the law. These are pathways to God. They are wisdom principles. They are encouragement to, to us. that If we encounter God, these are the ways that we approach Him and that He approaches us. It's not a law that threatens us in any way. Also, we mustn't see these practices or attitudes as a goal in and of themselves. If we're practicing these things, let's say we're fasting. That fasting is nothing unless we are discovering Jesus in the midst of it. Unless there's an encounter with Jesus in the midst of it. So we must never center on the disciplines. Rather, we must center on Christ. Christ is our pursuit. An experience of Jesus is always the end goal of any of these God spaces. We must also be careful of isolating and elevating any one discipline above the others. Um, we just go back to, again, being, having a very narrow pursuit of God when that happens. And for some people, there may be a temptation, and these are, there are a few people that I know like this, there may be a temptation to just study the disciplines without actually experiencing them. It's kind of like the selfie culture, you know. As long as I've got a picture of myself at a certain place, I don't actually need to go into that place, as long as I've just got a picture of myself there. That's not what the, the God spaces are about again. The whole idea is to climb into them in a very rich way. So, folk, I really hope that you're gaining a bit more of an idea of what these God spaces are um, and how they can enrich our lives. Over the next two weeks... John and then Skip Collins in two weeks' time, they're going to actually take one of those spiritual disciplines, one of those God spaces, and go much more intentionally into them so that we get a real taste of what they're like. And then we're going to offer you a real, real opportunity to find an inroad into experiencing some of these for yourself in a very real way. So won't you just listen to this announcement? We all tend to slide towards bad habits I don't know about you, but I often will decide, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat healthy. And when I try and do it alone, I usually slide back into really unhealthy habits. But when I do it with other people, I can stay on track because I'm talking to them about it. They're holding me accountable. And so when it comes to God's spaces, one of the most important spaces in our lives, we want to create an opportunity where you don't have to practice these spaces on your own. So we are offering 11 buses, WhatsApp buses, where you would choose one of the God spaces to practice. You'd find out more about that discipline. You would practice that discipline in the week with a group of other people. And together, you would create more God spaces in your lives. Why do we use the word buses? Well, just like the Comrades Marathon, where a group of people will get together to get to the end at a certain time, we are creating buses where together you can learn from one another, encourage one another, hold each other accountable to creating space for God in your lives. So over the next two weeks, beginning next Sunday, we'll start promoting these buses and you can sign up electronically. 
There are going to be limited spaces, but we'd love for you to join so that you can create more space for God in your life and be transformed. There'll be a summary, an electronic summary of those buses, a few of those buses that you can have a look at throughout this week uh, so that you can begin to make your decision. So guys, let me pray for you as we close the service. And let me remind you before I pray that, that it's really important for us to intentionally step into those God places. Lord, thank you that you create space for us everywhere. Thank you that you can create space for us in a church building, in our homes, wherever we are, because you are in every space. Lord, teach us how to step intentionally into those places where we will most discover who you are and who we can be when we draw really deeply close to you. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.